0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Give Jesus our best praise today, church. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. What a huge, huge honor it is today. And I'm uh, so grateful. Pastor Aaron and Katie, and what they're doing. If we've not had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name is Bobby. Uh, I have the honor of serving as location pastor right here at Radiant South Tampa. And before we move on, uh, can we just honor our lead pastor, Pastor Aaron, and his wife, Katie? They are incredible visionaries. They are awesome. They are some of the best people I've been, uh, my wife and I have been doing full-time ministry for 13 years now. Uh, and we've met a lot of pastors. We've been to a lot of churches. I'll tell you what God is doing here at Radiant is special. I love our pastors. They are some of the best people. What you see on stage is what you get at lunch, what you get hanging out with them. Uh, it's who they are as real people. And we love them and we honor them. One more time, can we honor our pastor today? And I love our team here at uh south tampa we have an incredible team of directors and coaches they're some of the best people they've done an incredible job uh, welcoming my wife and i and our family and uh wasn't that an incredible word from susanna today pastor susanna we had church incredible worship sometimes your setback is just a set up i'm telling you that'll preach come on now it was great man. Uh, done such an incredible job and Pastor Susanna if you know her she's done a phenomenal job leading our location over the last year and so I'm so grateful for her stepping into young adults and what she's doing uh, through that and grateful. And she's been helping uh, along with some of our other team. A lot of our directors and staff here at South Tampa have had kind of dual roles, uh, overseeing uh, ministry here, uh, but also helping centrally, uh, which kind of is overseeing all of uh, Radiant Church and speaking into it. But uh, the team has been helping and in January. We'll have like a complete team that's dedicated to South Tampa. It's gonna be awesome to help love on your kids and. and and you and your family and so excited about that. And we have some of the best Dream Teamers on the planet. Can we give it up for our Dream Teamers today? They do an awesome, awesome job and excited about uh, them. And a little uh, announcement on December 7th, uh, we are actually having our Dream Team Christmas party. And so you don't want to miss it. So if you're on the Dream Team here at South Tampa, come out, Pastor Susanna is throwing a party. Like she had like a mechanical bull a few weeks ago, so I don't know what all she's got in store, but she's told us that she is throwing a party. So make plans. If you haven't signed up, sign up so we can make sure we have enough food for everyone. And so we're pumped about that. Um, My wife and I uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, My wife and I have just got moved into our brand new home. Well, it's not a new home, but it's new to us. Uh, It was built in like the 70s, so it's an older home, but moving in this week. So we're officially Florida residents, residents of Tampa. So we have a picture of our family for Thanksgiving. If you've not met my wife, Joanna, and that is our beautiful daughter, Malia. She's 14 months old. Uh, She's the apple of my eye. I love her. If I look at it too much, I start, I get real emotional. Um, Waited a long time to meet that little girl. And um, when we were moving down here, we called her the uh, the anti-helper. Because we would like pack a box and she would come behind it and unpack the box right and so she wasn't really uh, offering much help and so but now that we're actually in our home she can actually help by unpacking the box she just makes a mess everywhere but would you know this little girl went through the box found my checkbook and a pen and came running through the house going daddy daddy daddy, daddy into the kitchen where i am waving it at me pray for me guys like at 14 months old she already found the checkbook and a pen lord help me gonna be great I love her she can have whatever she wants she can spend it so you guys ready for God's Word today Awesome. We're in part 11 of our Roman series, uh, Clarity in the Midst of Chaos, and I love this series, and as Pastor Aaron's been leading us and the team and the church leading us through it, and it's really, you could call the book of Romans, you could call it the gospel according to Paul, and it's really just a, like a theological masterclass class on, on your faith and walking out your faith, and so today we're going to pick up right where Pastor Aaron left off last week. We're going to be in Romans 12, starting in verse 3, and we're going to read our scripture uh, together this morning it says for the grace for by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us uh, has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. I'm our world needs some more encouragement so if your gift is encourage give encouragement if it's to give then give generously if it's to lead do it diligently if it's to show mercy Do it cheerfully love must be sincere hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourselves never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer share with the lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality and this week our 11th i am statement is i am a vital part of the body of Christ. We're gonna pray and get started. So, God, we come to you right now and just thank you that we have yet another opportunity to be in your presence. God, speak through me today. God, let it be your words. God penetrate our hearts and our minds and our souls that whatever it is that you would have us to receive today, and we give you all credit and all glory. And the church said a good amen. And a shout out to Pastor Aaron for preaching five times on a Sunday, usually. Like my this is service number three, my voice is already like. He's awesome. Uh, growing up, uh, loved watching sports and specifically college football. We used to, uh, especially when we got in uh, older high school into college, we would, on Saturdays, we would go uh, to USF, South Florida games, and we'd paint up and do the whole things. And it was during that short window where they were like really good and like, I've kind of not been the last like few decades and a half, but hey, go Bulls, bleed green and gold. It's awesome. I love it. <clears throat> but loved watching on Saturday mornings, like college game day. And I always love this segment that they do, and they do it on Sports Center and, and, uh, and other parts, but it was called, You Have One Job, right? And so it's like, they just had one job to do and they just didn't do their job. And so we're not gonna show any sports clips today, but uh, the team found some pictures of you had one job. <clears throat> that is not Asia, in case you're wondering why some people are laughing, that is, uh, that's Africa but you had one job, missed it. It's it's important to know where you're supposed to enter and exit. It doesn't help when it's the same door. Probably one of the most frustrating things ever, if you've never experienced this, like it's just enough where you can't like reach in, but you had one job and it didn't work. Now, Yeah, uh, props for creativity on this one. I'll give it like, you know, a problem solving. I don't know why this was a problem to be solved, but you know, it was. This one I just don't get because like that took some work. Somebody thought if this was your home, I am so sorry. We're not trying to make fun of you, but this is ridiculous. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, because we love cats around here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a dog person, okay? We have a dog. He's beautiful. He's awesome. We love him, but uh, useful things not being useful, but Paul talks about in this, this he kind of sets this up in what Pastor Aaron talked about last week, is that our ultimate purpose, if, if we were to have one job in this Christian walk, in our faith walk, our one job is to glorify God in worship. And we, uh, Pastor Aaron says it this way, and it's actually one of our values as a church, is that worship is our lifestyle. And if you missed last week, I encourage you, go back on YouTube, watch it. Pastor Aaron did a phenomenal job walking through this value, that worship is not just something we do on Sunday mornings or at church, but it's something we do Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all throughout the week. It is a lifestyle of who we are. And Paul goes through this, and he gives us a practical purpose, uh, that our practical purpose is to be a part of the church. And he used this analogy of a body. And so it kind of works for your, our understanding because we know that a body kind of all works together, that, um, that we have brains. Not all of us use the brain, but some of us are like the brain. Some of us have eyes to kind of see things a little bit different. Ears, you kind of hear things, maybe, you know, fingers and arms and muscles. But if you're kind of tracking along, that means that some of us are the rear ends of the church. Now, listen, I know it gets a little like tense, but like it's important because if you didn't have your rear end, you'd have a lot of junk. Okay, so it's good. I'm going to move on. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. But but uh, we can write it down this way. Our ultimate purpose will never be fulfilled by simply attending a church, but by becoming the church. That our ultimate purpose will never be fulfilled by simply attending a church, but by becoming the church. My real first job, and I say it that way because when people ask me my first job, most of the time I just tell them it was Chick-fil-A. Because if you're a Christian in high school, you got to work at the Christian chicken place that lets you off on Sundays so you don't have to have the conversation so it's the way. But really, I had a a job before that, um, and it was working in a call center. And it was during the 2004 uh, presidential election. And so I'm naturally an introvert. So uh, calling strangers is literally like my nightmare. But my friend talked me into this job. My parents told me I had to get a job. So went and found this job. It seemed like an easy thing to do. And so you would call this like random person in like Oregon. Uh, They would just dial the number for you. And you'd have to ask them these questions. And they had to answer very specifically. You couldn't interpret their answer. They had to say like they strongly agree, somewhat agree, moderately agree, disagree, strongly disagree, somewhat disagree, you know. And so you'd ask them their thoughts of a candidate and they would just like go off. Like, you know, they just rant for like 15 minutes and then the end they'd be like, okay, but do you strongly agree, moderately agree? And so it was just like round and round and then it was awful. And then so that was for the two weeks, the last two weeks of the election. And then after that, we got moved to a new project, a survey to ask people their thoughts about dog food. I kid you not. So I worked at that job for three weeks and then quit. <laughs> because it was something I had to do. Right? I didn't wake up saying, I mean, I get to go to this call center. No, it was something I had to do. But in life, and especially in the church, that we gotta move from a had to mindset to a get to mindset. And that's why with this as the church, you are vital for the church to be 100%. Like you in this room, you are vital for radiant church to be 100%. Why? Because you are absolutely necessary and important because the church is you. The church is not this building. The church is not the lights we own, the technology, the coffee, none of that stuff. You are the church. And so you are vital for us to be 100%. And when we invite people to church or... We talk about people getting involved in church and being a part of the body of Christ. So we get kind of this like, what if uh, kind of statements are responsible. What if I fail? Or what if I'm not good enough? Or what if people don't uh, like me? Or what if I don't like them? Or what if I don't even like it and get involved? And I always like to ask this question back when we get some sort of variation of that question is, well, what is the faith of your family worth? Or fill in the blank for whatever it is for personal for you. What is the faith of the next generation worth? What is the faith of your coworkers worth, your, your friends, your, your parents, your son, your daughter? I say it's worth everything. We, I love what Paul uh, wrote to the church in, in Ephesus, and we see this in Ephesians 4. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for what? For works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It is not about us, it's about everyone else, where we gotta move from being a consumer to a contributor, and you can write it down this way. Pastor Aaron tells us this all the time, that church is not what we do, it is who we are. The church isn't something we do on a Sunday. It is who we are. And there's three things that we can pull out of this passage today from Paul. And the first one uh, is being with the body of Christ is to engage in the body of Christ. Engage in the body of Christ. I love what he says in verse four and five. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to the other. So you can write it down this way. I wrote it down that you can't fully engage the body of Christ without engaging in Christ himself. Like you can't engage with the body of Christ without fully engaging in Christ himself. And that's why we say at Radiant that our our mission here is to move people towards Christ community and calling. Like we're not trying to like smoke in mirrors, like we got you in the door and like, oh, by the way, we're going to talk about Jesus today. No, like we're a church. We're unashamed of the gospel, right? Like that's what we do. Like the first step is to fully engage the body is you have to fully engage in Christ himself. You can think of it kind of like a car, like a car has multiple parts. It's very complex, all these different parts that work together for something that's very useful but it doesn't do any good to just look at a car, right? You gotta be able to get into the car. And then it doesn't do any good to just sit in the car. It's actually not great for cars to just sit there. No, you have to put it in drive and you have to engage the car to get it moving. You're not meant to stand still. And so you are a part of the overall body. That means you have to work with the other body parts. It means you can't just like, come up and be like, well, I don't like that person. I don't want to see that person. I don't want to be around that person. No, we all have to work together because we all have a very unique function that we are to accomplish. That also means that you can't fulfill your calling alone, that you can't fulfill what God has purposed and God has called you to do. You can't do it alone. Have you ever tried to drive a three-wheeled car? It's not gonna work out too well. No, we all have to come together and work together. I love what the, the legendary coach Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was coaching the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Redman and he's quoted saying this during that time that the strength of the team is each individual member, and the strength of each member is the team. We need each other. We have to have each other. I love this famous quote, maybe you've heard it before, that says, People who are left to themselves will make life about themselves. That when you're left to yourself, you're just naturally going to make life about yourself. You're gonna make everything about you. And in Christ, others are most important. That's what Jesus came. That was his whole message is is to get our eyes off us and get us on to everyone else. I love what Paul says in our, our passage today in verse 10. It says to be devoted, which is very loving, be loyal, be devoted to one another. Honor, have high respect, have high esteem for one another above yourselves. Notice there's not like a little asterisk here. Like you don't get to like pick and choose who everyone else is, who one another is. No, that means everyone be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. And Jesus modeled this way for us. We see in Mark 10, 45, it says, "'For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many.'" That Jesus himself, Jesus could have been like, you know, walked in and walked into the fancy restaurant and says, I want the corner table, right? <laughs> he could do that, but he didn't. He didn't, he didn't uh, consider equality with God something to like lord over people. No, he came to serve, not just be served. Pastor Kitten, who does our, our uh, St. Pete location, says this way, and I wrote it down. I love what he says. It says, we live in a self-centered, self-absorbed culture. And as the church, meaning us, we must be the opposite of that because Jesus was the opposite of that. And that's what we have to do. And so getting really practical here at Radiant, how do you engage with the body of Christ? The best way to do that is get involved in a small group, get involved in community, because that's how you're gonna figure out how we can do this together. You're gonna find your people. And we can help you do that. We can help you uh, find a group. We have our new group, season, uh, new group launch season coming up in January. And it'll be our, our first one here at Radiant. And I've heard it's kind of like you know on Ticketmaster, waiting for Taylor Sliff. Like You got to like sit there and like refresh your screen to like, get in line. But we're, our team has done an incredible job uh, for this next one, working on open small groups. That way it doesn't matter like when you come to Radiant, you can come in the middle of the semester, that we can get you connected in the community. Why? Because that's how you engage with the body of Christ. That's how you get involved. And then once you find your community and you get involved in that small group, show up consistently. Like, keep coming. Like, make the commitment to be there and keep coming. Give it a shot. And if you end up not liking them, it's okay. It's only like 10 weeks long max. You'll get a break and we'll help you find a new group after that. And if you need help finding a group, the best way to do it is to go to Next Steps. We're going to help you get involved in community. We're going to help you find where it is that God's uniquely designed you to do. We're also going to help you find your community here at Radiant. And so you can join Step 2 right after this service today. So engage in the body of the Christ. The second thing we can pull out from our passage today is to embrace a spiritual zeal to serve within the body of Christ. To embrace a spiritual zeal to serve within the body of Christ. In verse 11, Paul says that never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Zeal is a great energy in pursuit. There's like an action to it. There's this energy that you have in pursuit of something. So don't be lacking in this great energy. And your spiritual fervor is this intense and passionate feeling. So what do you have zeal for? What do you have fervor for today? Most of the time you can like, look at somebody's social media and you can find out pretty quickly like what their spiritual zeal or what their zeal is or what their fervor is for. For me, I love smoking meat, right? You might've had turkey on Thanksgiving. I smoked a brisket for Thanksgiving, right? It was good. Like, I love it. Like, it's a total like dad move. I get it. Like, I got bored during COVID and just like nerded out. I watched, I don't know how many hours of YouTube videos. My wife was like, you gotta turn this off. Like, you gotta like something else. And I was literally just like, we, it got to the point where it was like, Joanna was like I just want like a pot roast I was like we could smoke it and she's like I don't know like we're gonna turn the grill off I just want a pot roast in a crock pot like we're not gonna like you know so I just I nerded out and got like all this stuff I love my family I'm passionate about my family we've been married almost 13 years coming up in January I love I love my kid we waited almost 8 years we went through a season of infertility to get to meet her I love her so much I put her on my socks come on I got her face like on my socks like like you talk about like zeal and fervor. Like I love my kid. Like I have a passion, great energy in pursuit. Like I love it. There's so many, I don't know about you, on Black Friday, I woke up with like 70 like emails with like all these different like deals that you can get. And I get it. There's all these things. There's like things for like witchcraft. I mean, not witchcraft. I mean, essential oils, right? You know, I get it. You put your lotion in the little cauldron and it it's like, it's okay. I get it. I put eucalyptus on my ear or whatever. It's It's... It's good. I'm not hating on it. Um, you, You get money and it works. I love it. But the truth is, right, that we as the church, we have the greatest gift, that we have the greatest deal, right, that you can encounter Jesus. You can encounter your Lord and Savior who came and died for you and your life will forever be changed. There's a famous uh, Silicon Valley quote that kind of goes around, made by Steve Jobs, the the, the founder of of Apple. And uh, in the early '80s, he was he approached this uh, guy John Scully, who was the the president or the CEO of Pepsi at the time. And uh, this guy John had done an incredible job with Pepsi, kind of put him back on the map and competing with Coke. Uh, helped develop the two liter bottle, right? We can kind of s- still see those today. So it's kind of like you know, brilliant guy. And so kept turning down, like we wouldn't think today you would turn down the opportunity to be CEO of Apple. But like in the early 80s, it really wasn't like a lucrative career move to do it. And so he turned Steve down multiple times until Steve finally got him with this quote. And this is the quote that he says that, that changed it way he moved into being CEO of Apple. Steve asked him, says, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? And they did that, right? You see Apple like everywhere. Like everyone's got like, if you have Android, we love you. It's good. But like I got Apple, like it can't go anywhere without like Apple stuff. Like it's, it's everywhere. And they, they changed the world. But this idea isn't, wasn't new to Steve Jobs that Jesus, if you think about it, was in heaven, was, in, was, was the son of God, was in in, eternity, in perfection, chose to step out of that into our world. And we think our world is crazy today and it can get kind of crazy, but we can't even fathom the world that Jesus stepped into. I mean, there was a season where like women and kids had like no rights, like they were treated as property. Like we just can't even like fathom this world that Jesus chose to step into that endured the cross and resurrection. I even thought about it this way, that Jesus had his perfect body and now for all eternity has scars on his perfect body. Why? Because he chose to do it for you and for me. And walked out. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 28. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. To go to embrace this zeal. And practically here at Radiant, we do that through our dream team. We love our dream team here. I love what verse, uh, Paul says in verse six. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And we say it Radiant that God made you on purpose for a purpose. That he made you on purpose for a purpose that you 're not here by accident you 're not even here today by accident that you were here you were here today on purpose for a purpose and I uh, when we uh, first moved down it was uh, and our first Sunday was Labor Day and so we moved and uh, we knew we were coming on staff and stepping in to be the location pastor here but it hadn 't been announced yet and so we weren 't supposed to like say anything to anybody but we just wanted to come attend the church because we 'd been seeing it online and just wanted to come be a part in, in, in person and so we came to one of the services and you know even working full Time in a church for almost 13 years, like attending a new church is like it's a big deal. Like, you don't like know people, you don't really know like their customs and their flows and the the right way. You don't want to sit in like somebody's seat that's like their assigned seat. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that are nerve wracking, but I'll never forget like that first Sunday on Labor Day when we came. one of the first things we brought our daughter and that's a, another like nerve-wracking thing is when you have a kid and you bring your kid and you're gonna drop them drop them off with a stranger for the first time can you trust these people like you know you don't know and so I'll never forget we met a, a lady Jeannie she runs our, our check-in area and she helped she did an incredible job making us feel welcomed right at home helped us get our daughter checked in walked us to the classroom showed us where we needed to go to come back and and pick her up and so did a phenomenal job with that and made us feel very comfortable about leaving our daughter in radiant kids and then we went out to our coffee shop to get some Buddy Brew coffee, right? We love yeah. Buddy Brew around here, and so I met uh, Joshua at the coffee shop, still serves in our coffee shop today, and does a phenomenal job, and we just started just chatting, and he was asking where we were from. I told him we just moved here from Nashville, and he'd been to Nashville, so we started talking about all the food things and did a great job just making us feel welcome, and then came into service, enjoyed service, picked up our daughter, went out front, met Stephanie out at the welcome tent, did a phenomenal job getting us connected and plugged in. And like, we couldn't like say like, oh, well, we're coming like on staff to like be the location pastor, but she got us signed up for like a group, (laughs) next steps, like filled out a connect card, got the t-shirt, like all like, you know, like, but it made us feel welcome. And, and I'll never forget, like, while we were talking to her, Jeannie from the, the check-in came, like, running outside to find us just to ask if Malia, she remembered our daughter by name, just to ask if she had a good time today. I'm telling you, like, our Dream Teamers go the extra mile making people feel welcome and connected. They do an incredible job serving all over campus from the... Uh, guest experience to kids to our youth ministry to worship and creative and production our prayer team that makes themselves available each and every week to pray over you if there's anything going on in your life our groups admin setup up tear down I even had somebody said you missed one you forgot the makeup team so I didn't know we had a makeup team but if we do like we love you we appreciate what you do I don't know what you do but you're awesome you have a part you're part of the body God made you on purpose for a purpose. It's, you know, all the things. So that's good. But I love this. And Pastor Aaron says it this way, that we'll close out this point, that church shouldn't be a service you attend, but a community you embrace. Church shouldn't be a service you attend, but a community you embrace. So we're gonna embrace a spiritual zeal for the body of Christ. And the last thing that we can pull out from this is to excel in generosity within the body of Christ. Paul closes out this section in verse 13 and says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And there's kind of myths that kind of go out and kind of a misconception when it talks about generosity and and kind of living a life of generosity and and excelling in generosity. And the first one is that generosity is spontaneous. And, and, And generosity isn't necessarily spontaneous. Like spontaneous giving is just spontaneous giving. Like, it's just a, a random act of giving. And again, there's no shame. I have no problems with, like, random act of givings. Like, you see somebody on the side of the road, and you feel like giving them money. Like, just kind of like what Pastor Aaron shared in a video in Sri Lanka. Like, a 10-year-old boy is the first in his family to come and know the Lord. And now the family's coming. Got Like, I love it. Like, you, you kind of watch those, like, uh, videos, like, you know, in, or the commercials, and it's the, I will right? And all of a sudden like you've donated money to like a dog in a third world country and you're like, what just happened, right? No, it's because like communicators are really good to like spontaneously tie into your emotion to get something and and forgiving. And again, there's a lot of great causes out there and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what we're talking about when we talk about excel in generosity within the body of Christ. The second one is uh, that generosity is a specific dollar amount. That it's like a specific dollar amount. And context is key when it comes to the amount of money. Like, if I told you that recently I heard that somebody donated $1,000 to charity, like, some of you might be like, wow, like, $1,000? Like, I've never done that. Or some of you might be like, well, okay, what, you know, what if I told you that person was like Jeff Bezos, right, the, the CEO of Amazon? Like, that dude takes joy rides to space on a Tuesday, Right? his eleven minute flight to space cost him two point five million dollars a minute, right forty two thousand dollars a second on a Tuesday to just go hang out in space and then landed and like flew to his private island to pick up his yacht and like go like, okay, like it's just like context is key with with this like adding zeros to your giving might be a lot for you. It might be a little for you, but that's where what's sacrificial for you. It may not be what's sacrificial to me. Wow, and context is key with it. And that's what God calls us to do and, and pray for me because Malia found the checkbook. So you talk about sacrificial giving, like she's gonna spend it all, but she can have it. I freely <laughs> give it to her. Jesus spoke directly to this and it's in Luke 21. And it's talking about the widow's might, if you've heard that story before. And it says this in Luke 21, it says, and Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Kind of goes on to say that, uh, that she put in all she had. And these two little small copper coins was more than what the, the rich were putting in to this. Because you see, her value wasn't in the who, or her value was in the who, not the What? that her value was in the who and not the what. And it doesn't make mathematical sense, but that's how kingdom math works. Amen. That our, our, our finite minds trying to understand an infinite God, that these two little small copper coins, that she gave more than all the others combined because she gave all they had, all she had. You can write it down this way, that God isn't into amounts. God is moved by obedience. That God isn't into amounts, God is moved by obedience. And today you have an opportunity to excel in generosity. And Pastor Aaron talked about this last week, that Radiant, like we teach on the tithe, and the tithe is our first 10% to God, and a percentage giving is really the the best way to organize your finances and and be able to kind of put your finances in in order, but giving the first 10% to God. And we don't, we don't do it out of like getting something back from it. No, we do it because of what God has already done for us like on the cross that we, all we have to do is just believe in him and we can have a everlasting relationship with him that we're not trying to get something back from him. But I can tell you story after story after story of people who tithe and sow into the kingdom that you can't outgive God, that God's blessings and your blessing you might not see as a financial return but he'll bless you immensely in other ways and he'll absolutely blow your mind more than you can ever think, dream, or even imagine with it. So at Radiant, we have a 90-day tithing challenge and they're going to have information on the screen how you can participate in that. And if you've never had uh, taken that opportunity to start tithing to the church, I invite you to to take this 90-day challenge. For the next 90 days, we're going to be able to send you resources that teach you what the Bible teaches about this and, and help you along this journey. But I promise you, you won't regret it if you take this challenge. The other opportunity that you have to excel in generosity, and Pastor Aaron talked about it earlier today in our video of talking about our legacy offering coming up on December 11th, that our annual legacy offering, we say it's to accelerate the vision. And you heard some great stories that he shared about just purchasing some property in in North Tampa. And now we're gifted a building that our North Tampa location is gonna be able to move into and do ministry on another another level there. That we're going in, that we we got a building in Clearwater. And it's such like a a, a dark area that God has just put on Pastor Aaron's heart that we're gonna go into Clearwater. We're gonna reach Clearwater. We're gonna save Clearwater for Jesus that now we have a facility that we're gonna be able to do. But our legacy offering in the vision, it's not about buildings that our vision is about people, that we're going into these cities, that we're going into these places, that we're resourcing it because it's all about people. And we uh, on Wednesday nights we're doing Foundations right now we're kind of coming to a close. And if you haven't been through Foundations, I encourage you. I encourage you jump in on it when we, in the new year. You'll love it. Like whether you're you've newly saved or you've been saved a long time. Like I'm learning things each and every week. And this last uh, or two Wednesdays ago we heard we saw a great testimony. And our epic kids they're doing a great job in our kids ministry. Written this whole curriculum that's uh, walking your kids through what they believe. Like who is God? Like who is Jesus? Like what is the gospel? Like foundations of our faith. For they can make faith their own. And we had a fifth grader give their life to Christ on a Wednesday night, take their faith seriously. It's a big deal what God is doing through our kids' ministry and seeing like this leader that had been pouring into this kid and praying for this kid and got to celebrate and just the the look on their face of joy of like, man, they accepted Christ tonight. We also had two weeks ago, we had a gentleman that came to Radiant for the very first time and uh, we're kind of getting to hear some of his story. We kind of asked him like why he showed up on like a Wednesday night when, you know, Sundays is kind of like our, our service days. And he just said that his he would kind of didn't have a relationship with God. Had kind of pushed off God and far from God and his mom had been, praying for him and kind of on him about going to church. You need to find a church. And so he just felt alone, broken, just needed a place to go. So on a Wednesday afternoon, just Googled churches in Tampa and our churches happened to be the one that popped up. He clicked on it, saw we had a Wednesday night thing Drove all the way to South Tampa to come into uh, foundations, and so we were talking with them, said he was from West Chase. And so we got him connected to uh, Pastor John and Sarah and the West Chase team because they're here on midweek right now as they're about to launch West Chase, and got him connected to a community that were going into West Chase, and on a Wednesday night, gave his life to Christ right here in this room. And I love that because last year's legacy offering went to kind of fund West Chase. So we're able to launch West Chase completely debt free. Not because of the equipment and the trailer and all the things that they're gonna be able to use and it's gonna be great and they're gonna be able to put on this incredible experience for kids and for teenagers and for adults. But it's not about the experience, it's about people just like our friend that are giving allowed an opportunity where somebody is now not only saved, but they found a community that they're gonna be able to engage in the body of Christ, that they're gonna be able to embrace a spiritual zeal for the body of Christ. And they're gonna be able to follow and and model their life excelling in their generosity. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians to the church in Corinth. And he gives a similar testimony about what God had been doing in another area and and through uh, through giving and generosity and what they were seeing. And he says it this way. He says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnest of others. We give because it helps other people. And it was modeled by Jesus. That's why we give because our vision is people, people to know God, people to come and find Christ, to get plugged into a community and discover their calling. I'm passionate about church and obviously I I work in a church and been doing this for 13 years full time. And I didn't really imagine myself doing this growing up. my parents were uh, divorced when at, a, at an early age and uh, went to church with one parent, not the other. So I was kind of in church half the time and really didn't take my faith seriously. Had a faith, but really didn't like own my faith, take it serious, believe it, walk it out. And really as a teenager, really just took the path of least resistance. and and got involved in a relationship I shouldn't have been in was doing things I shouldn't have been doing and just pushed away my family and pushed away my friends that were trying to help me and ended up just completely broken in a a, a bad place and I'll never forget that my dad took me to lunch one day and kind of called me out on what I was doing and absolutely mortified that I'd been caught and then realizing the shame of what I had done and the shame of that I pushed my friends away and didn't really have a community or people anymore and just dealing with all this. And it was just this long, long day and this long drawn out and just started to finally like open up to my dad a little bit, telling him that I just, I didn't, i was just kind of feeling hopeless and broken and, and just the depression, the feeling. And he's like, well, we need to talk about it. And I said, well, I don't want to talk about it with you. Right, you got to have that kind of like attitude, right? You know, and he said, well, would you talk about it with your youth pastor? I said, fine. So my dad messaged the youth pastor, it was late on a Tuesday night, and I'll never forget. He rearranged his schedule and moved some things around and we went to Beef O'Brady's in Lakeland, Florida. And I'll never forget that lunch. And you know what, my youth pastor said nothing. He just let me talk. But through talking and through processing and get it out loud and realizing how, well, some of the things I was saying and just how ridiculous they were and was able to kind of like lead. And I'll never forget that lunch because that was a turning point for my life. Taking my faith serious, knowing that God forgives, that God redeems, that when you put your faith and your trust in Him, He restores all that stuff in your life, He redeems all that stuff in your life. He redeems the time, He redeems the mistakes. We've all made mistakes, we've all fallen short. But He does that for us. Went on and and went to school, was going to college, ended up at Southeastern ended up going on a mission strip, was was studying for business and then ended up on a mission strip and felt like God was impressed upon me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing the rest of my life. And 13 years later, here we are in Tampa, Florida, Radiant Church. And I think about that moment, that lunch and that turning point. I think about loving parents. I think about the community that we had at church that was willing to take me back in and accept me just as I was. Wasn't expecting me to be perfect, wasn't expecting me to do all this, but just took me back in in that moment. It's because of that moment I can look back on and see the goodness of God and everything that he's done in my life since then. And here we are today. And so maybe that's you in this moment. And I'm gonna ask, invite everyone to stand and we're gonna close out our time. But there's one group of people before we leave today, I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if that's you today, and maybe you've never had that moment of, of salvation. You've never had that moment of accepting Jesus to be Lord of your life. You've never had that moment of, of rededicating your life to Christ and being able to invest and pour back in and find redemption to your story find freedom, find hope and find peace and joy and love like you've never experienced before. And today you have that opportunity. And I'm gonna ask you in a moment, I'm gonna count to three and all you have to do is just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying with today. And we're not going to ask you to come down front. We're not going to embarrass you. But we're going to say a prayer and the whole church is going to say it together. But if that's you today and you want to make that decision and dedicate your life to Christ, all I'm going to ask you to do is just slip your hand up in the air. Nobody's looking around. Everyone's head's bowed. Everyone's eyes closed. And that's you today on the count of three. One, two, three. Just stick that hand up in the air. You just put it up for just a moment. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. I know I've messed up, but I wanna make you Lord of my life. I give you my past, I give you my present, and I give you my future. Today I make you Lord of my life. I'm committing to you to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for what you did for me for dying for my sins and forgiving my past. You are Lord of my life and I give you all praise and glory. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give it up for those that made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.